Welcome to The Break Room, a Gray's Trauma-Informed Care Services podcast with Dr. Amber Gray and Tabby Chapman, marriage and family therapist. This podcast covers integrated behavioral health, trauma, and advocacy. Today we're going to tell you a bit about our show, what we do, and why we're doing this podcast. Dr. Gray, I know that you graduated um, with your doctorate of behavioral health from Arizona State University. And before that, you spent, I don't know, 26 years or something like that um, in the field of advocacy. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experiences? I worked mostly with battered women and children. Um, I worked across uh, various arenas from law enforcement to child protective services and in the medical field. And we did um, networking and collaborations with different therapy groups on how to better take care of victims of violence. So so you worked in the medical fields all throughout your your history or more towards the end of your career? I'd say about the last quarter of my career, I worked um, alongside the medical field because because I started working with um, victims who had experienced um, more severe traumas than um, than what I worked with previously. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so I I thought that it was interesting because the behavioral health industry is something that, or at least the integrated behavioral health industry, is something that is, is seems like it's a new a new field. Can you tell us a little bit about how that this field has sort of come to become such a popular thing? Yes, integrated behavioral health is actually not new. Um, starting in the 70s, there was a push for medical psychology in which um, the world of psychology worked in close collaboration with um, healthcare providers to, to assist people um, with, with different uh, psychophysiologic issues that they were, ha- they were having. At some point, uh, there was a, um, a split between the different uh, arenas and as of about a decade ago there's been a major push again to bring medical psychology back and have more um, whole person or patient-centered care. Oh I see so this more recent push is probably news to me because I was but a young child <laughs> during the initial push that makes sense. Um, so you know I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I just will have recently graduated um, with my marriage and family therapist, uh, my master's, I'm sorry, with my master's in psychology. Uh, By the time this is published, I will most likely have finished everything for my degree. So, you know, let's celebrate. (laughs) Um, I came by this this, uh, field of trauma and advocacy actually through Dr. Grape, who's been such a wonderful mentor for me. Thank you. Um, We are... Um, working really hard together to build to build a um, an agency that teaches people how to you know teaches providers how to actually um, work with patients of trauma um, and survivors. So before we move on, um, Dr. Gray, do you want to share a little bit about Gray's Trauma Informed Care Services Corp? Uh, with us so that the, the our audience can get a better understanding of um, your corporation and what and how it was born. Um, about 2017, um, 
a couple of my colleagues and I, we were doing um, a mock project, um, building a kind of like a medical facility that had its uh, main staple as integrated behavioral health. And as we were doing this project, I got the idea that um, various providers could use healthcare education to um, provide better patient-centered care for victims of violence. Well, our, um, our program wasn't really centered around victims of violence or trauma or advocacy. It was just mostly focused on medical psychology. And so then I saw there was a, a void, a need for um, this type of healthcare education in other arenas besides psychology, such as advocacy and in um, trauma work. And so that's how Grace Trauma-Informed Care Services was born. It's funny, I remember back at the time when you were originally focusing on that original focus, and then you were coming to me and saying, oh, but all these other fields could also use this training. And I, I kind of remember that thought that went through my head is like, literally everyone could use this training. I mean, you know, like plumbers can use this training, you know, uh, probably going a little overboard there. But um, but we are currently living in, in a world that is um, hyper traumatized at this moment. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a little bit later in this episode. But um, we, you know, we, we feel like trauma is the new normal to some degree <laughs> during, I mean, post COVID-19, if you will. But um, what better time could we possibly get out there to people? How exactly to interact with, uh, with patients of trauma? Um, so yeah, I was all on board with with uh, Gray's Trauma Informed Care Services Corp. So thank you so much for bringing this about. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so you know, we we talked about your company. We talked about a little bit about the podcast, but um, Dr. Gray, I'm just curious. What, um, who is your intended audience for this podcast? Like, what do you hope to bring to the lives of people as they hear what we have to say over the coming episodes? Um, the podcast is mostly geared towards um, medical, medical providers, therapists, advocates, and people within the integrated behavioral health field. However, I think that all people can benefit from hearing kind of trauma-informed perspectives or perspectives from various providers that will be working with them um, in hospitals or in mental health care settings so that they know what providers are talking about, what's going on, uh, what innovations are happening. So it's kind of, it's for, for providers, but geared towards everyone. That's right. All right. So Dr. Gray, we're going to go ahead and move on to our topic for the day, for this episode anyway. Um, and this is our first episode, so we're not going to um, probably have a whole lot of content. So this episode is, is mostly focused on Dr. Gray and myself, but we're gonna move on to the topic we had brought up earlier, which is um, a global traumatization. And what does that mean for us? And how, uh, how do we best sort of go about our day-to-day -day lives, understanding that we are all a little bit traumatized right now? So, so um, let me start with my questions. So, Dr. Gray, what do you think is um, the primary cause of this sort of global traumatization? Can you pinpoint just one thing or, or do you have sort of insight or an understanding of, of, you know, some of the many different factors that have gone into this 
you know, mass experience? Um, if I had to pinpoint one thing, it would be uh, uh, unexpected see it or a lack of preparedness for something of this magnitude. No one was prepared for anything like this. And no one was prepared to see death on the scale that we saw death on. And it happened um, not just locally or nationally, it happened globally. We were seeing people in other countries constantly every day dying in numbers that we hadn't heard of before. So um, the lack of experience with this type of trauma, um, the, the media airing this type of trauma every day, every single day, no matter where you turn, you are hearing about COVID-19 um, killing thousands of people at a time. And so I think that is what kind of caused the initial mass trauma. There's other parts to it that, that contributed to people being traumatized um, on, a, on a mass scale, but uh, that's the main point, I think. So what I understand from you is this sort of um, unpreparedness and then constant media exposure to um, things that on an, on, a, on an average person's life, they may only see once or twice, but, and, and maybe see through fictional media, right? But then right. there is this sort of um, almost a PTSD type response through the media that we are sort of coping with. Can you explain a little bit more about the nature of trauma itself? So when a traumatic event happens, um, part of our brain gets rewired to, to try and cope with what we're, we're seeing or, or what we're dealing with. Um, it could happen uh, either through a natural disaster, um, uh, gang violence, you name it, the things that traumatize us actually change the structure of our brain. Our um, limbic system kind of goes out of whack when, when, we, um, when our fight or flight responses are triggered. Oh, so there is a, a direct link between the things that we're experiencing externally with our brain and how our body is working. Oh, absolutely. Trauma uh, affects our neurobiology extensively. Um, and I know that from, you know, studying in the field of psychology that um, there are, you know, numerous things that can contribute to a person's mental health with regards to trauma. Um, some, you know, symptoms of trauma and like, for instance, post-traumatic stress, um, people can experience feelings of dissociation. They can experience like feelings of wanting to avoid whatever the thing is that has caused them trauma. And um, have you seen anything like this or heard of anything like this happening on this mass scale? Um, seen. Seen, for instance, people um, kind of avoiding anything that's triggering for them. What is happening in terms of COVID-19? How people are playing out this sort of PTSD by proxy via media? So one of the things that we're seeing on a, a daily basis is uh, pertinacious behavior in people. So you'll see people walking around and there'll be a sign that says, oh, you know, wear your mask to go into the store to shop just so that you protect yourself and people around you. And there is this almost um, belligerent response to, you know, wearing a mask or keeping themselves or others safe. And what what we don't understand as we're looking at this is it is a trauma response. It is the response to, I don't want to be quarantined. I don't want this to be happening. And so I'm going to seize control the only way that I possibly can, which is I refuse to wear this mask. Um, 
that is a trauma response. We're also seeing people who may have, you know, gone out more often, suddenly not wanting to go out at all. Um, people who, you know, worked, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week are now saying, I don't want to go to work. And, you know, while people may think that people have gotten comfortable, you know, during quarantine or staying at home, it is a response to trauma. They're afraid to go back. They're afraid that if they go back to their old normal, that the new normal will start up again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know some, I, I don't like to go into grocery stores unmasked um, because of that unpredictability in people's behavior. So it's almost what I hear you saying is that the people's unpredictable behaviors are in and of itself a trauma response. Right. So when we started this this podcast, you know, you asked what what is the one thing that I could think that contributed to it? And it was an expectancy. They didn't expect this to happen. They were not prepared for this to happen. And so these are the types of responses that we see in people. Wow. Amazing. Um, so Dr. Gray, is there anything else you want to talk about for this podcast? Um, yes. I like to talk about um, your perspective of therapists and how they have been overwhelmed by the sudden onslaught of patients, you know, on a scale that they hadn't seen before. I have to say, uh, selfishly, COVID-19 has been um, fabulous for business on my end. <laughs> um, so, I, I, and I hate to actually say it that way, but um, we, we are seeing people left and right struggling with, um, with dissociation. They're struggling with isolation, uh, feeling alone. They're, they're struggling with identity even. So people coming in and not even knowing who they are because they haven't experienced life, um, you know, with people in a long time. Uh, going back into social relations, so social experiences and realizing they don't really know what to say or do. I mean, I think that people are starting to adjust, but there's, I think that there's a lot to be said for, you know, the, the therapeutic relationship when people are coming back saying, Hey, you know, I went out with my friends for the first time in a year and it was a disaster. So, <laughs> you know, kind of like our, our focus really is shifted in therapy right now to um, deal with that isolation. And not only that, but we also have treated a lot of, you know, healthcare professionals too, who have sort of that next level trauma where these people have been, the, the people that are treating the COVID-19 victims, seeing death every single day, experiencing this on a much larger scale than they've ever had to deal with before. Um, so that type of trauma that's always existed in healthcare or in law enforcement or in first responders, but now it's just magnified. So um, this mental health services is, um, it's a powerful way to help people heal but we are certainly seeing a very large uptick in, in the needed services. So we're even getting to the point where we don't necessarily have enough therapists in our fields. Um, so, you know, yay for educating ourselves in the MFT or, or LPCC or LCSW uh, fields. So, um, And we're also seeing in, in the world of advocacy, advocates are experiencing things that they hadn't experienced before, such as, um, uh, batters taking their victims and making them lick handrails or um, children being told that they are the cause of everyone having to go into quarantine. These are things that we 
haven't seen before and providers don't know how to treat this. And so there's all these new levels of, or these new variants of trauma that we have to learn to work with. And so I completely understand what you're saying. I'm sorry, Dr. Gray. Did you just say that perpetrators are, are making people lick handrails? Yes, they are uh, making people lick handrails, um, walking around on the sidewalks, having people lick the bottom of their shoes, um, telling children that um, because they coughed and didn't cover their mouth, they spread COVID and infected everyone. These different levels of abuses and trauma people are experiencing that providers don't really know how to, to treat just yet because it's new for them as well. We thank you listeners for joining us. Um, this podcast episode, as, as all of ours will be, is um, is sponsored by Sonia Halim, uh, LMFT therapy therapist. So um, Sonia Halim is an EMDR certified therapist. Um, she's certified kink, con- kink, that's a hard word to say, certified <laughs> kink conscious therapist. Um, and Sonia, her specializations are recovery, cognitive and behavioral change, and adopting healthier strategies. Uh, Sonia does do individual couples and family therapy. So um, if you need a therapist, um, go ahead and give Sonia a call. Her website is soniahalimlmft.com. That's S-O-N-I-A-H-A-L-I-M-L-M-F-T.com. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and close off for now. Dr. Gray, do you have any last words to say? Uh, no, that, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and be safe.